People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right. Today we have Paul Rubin. He is known as the Fly Guy. Guys, we get requests from all over, uh, different people wanting to do different things. And I'm like, I don't know who the fly guy is. Then I checked out his uh, website, and I'm like, whoa, this is somebody I want to introduce the world to. Um, if you've ever been to a Broadway show and you've seen people fly around the stage, the most magical, the most uh, breathtaking visual display of magic that you can imagine, this is the guy behind the scenes. Everybody, it's Paul Rubin. What's up, buddy? How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for that intro. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, dude, you're pretty cool. I mean, like I said, this is the first time we've ever talked uh, over the phone. We've texted back and forth a little bit. But what you do is amazing, man. I mean, it, it should go down in history what you've done with plays in general. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It's, it's a lot of fun. It, it really is. It's, you know, growing up, you never think that there's even a profession for this. So uh, I kind of got lucky. Yeah, well, I'm a full-time magician, man, so uh, I, I tell people all the time, uh, your uh, guidance counselor doesn't give you this option, and uh, <laughs> no. it, it's damn ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I have to contradict that, because my guidance counselor was our magic club uh, teacher or supervisor. Oh, wow. wow. So, so he was the one who supervised all the magic shows and all of the stuff that we do, would do for, like, Houdini's Halloween, uh, Houdini's um, birthday, and so, and so on and so forth. And it was our guidance counselor. So, well, you were lucky. That's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? Uh, New York. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Wow, that is awesome. You know what? New York might be more open to things like like that too, though. So, where we're from, I grew up in Maryland. West grew up in Virginia. We don't have those options. You know, when I'm in school, oh, do you yeah. want to be a teacher? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a nurse? What do you want to be? Well, I don't want to be well, any of those things. Well, choose one. <laughs> huh? But, yeah, you got to pick one of those. Yeah, uh, I, I pick none. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I so went to a high school that was kind of it wasn't a performing arts high school, but it it was geared towards the performing arts. So they had like um, a big musical theater program and um, a thing called Sing, where the students write, direct, produce their own show with obviously teacher supervision. But it was all student led production. And the oh, so cool. freshmen and the sophomores would compete against the juniors and they would compete against the seniors. And then yeah, there would, it would be uh, two shows over uh, two nights and then, the, then they would vote and there would be a winner. And then the winner of that school would compete against another school that, that did the same kind of program. Uh, I would have loved to go there. Wow. That is so awesome. <laughs> I was in drama for in high school and I loved it. It was, it was my favorite time of day and I loved, I mean, our teacher took it very serious. So, I mean, we were there uh, production week. We were there till one, two in the morning, every night of the week until we got it right. And I, I loved it, but it was Those not the best, our times. School, the best times. Yes. Our school is not geared towards performing arts though. So that was just extracurricular. You did yourself. If I could have gone to a school like yours, I would have been in heaven. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. And, and our teachers, actually, I'm still in touch with my, uh, my drama teacher. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I, I we did a production of Peter Pan on it, on Broadway, and he came to see it and came backstage, and it was it was really nice. It was nice to see him. Wow! That's awesome. Now, what's the difference of Peter Pan in the high school play and Peter Pan that you do now? Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, so much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, about a million dollars. Um, no, just the budget. I mean, the the, the budget is is one. You know, obviously for a Broadway production, you're going to get a lot more money. And so the, the sets are going to be bigger. It's going to be more technical. But believe it or not, the equipment that I used on tour with Kathy Rigby's Peter Pan or the Broadway production of Peter Pan is the same equipment that you would get for a high school or a regional production of Peter Pan. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's just you know how to work it. Exactly. It, it's, it's all the operator and the choreographer. If the choreographer knows how to choreograph an intricate sequence and the operator can implement it, it's going to look fantastic. One of the problems, I shouldn't say it's a problem, one of the, the, the issues when, when you go to see a high school production is 
those operators don't have much time to, to learn how to, to operate. They probably get a week, maybe 10 days. Whereas when you go on tour, these people have years of experience. So you can, you can make the flights more intricate because you have experienced actors and experienced technicians. Yeah. Wes was showing me, um, what was it on? Was that on his website? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. The video that's on your website and the mermaid just looks so beautiful. It looks like she's in water. It looks amazing. And then having um, like Mary Poppins and Peter Pan fly out over the audience. I was like, that is cool. That just brings the audience right into it. I mean, you're there, but when something happens right above your head, that makes it even more special and amazing. That's well, awesome. That's, that's, that, thanks. Thanks. That's, that's one of the great things about those kind of flights is that it brings the audience into the show. It, it makes them feel like they're part of what's going on on stage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and Little Mermaid, uh, that the, I think the one you saw was a, a Japanese production. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's still running. They opened 10 years ago. Uh, it'll be 10 years. Uh, so it's nine years. It'll be 10 years next, next April. Um, and it's, that's a fully automated production. So everything is, is computer programmed. So every movement is done by a computer. There's, there's three ax axes per, per track and there's four tracks. So wow. every time she goes up, you have to program it. Every time she goes down, you have to program it. Every time she travels, you have to program it. And every time she rotates, she, you have to program it. So it so took... The, Go ahead, sorry. I was about to say, uh, it took us a good five weeks to get that whole show programmed. Wow. So they can't, they can't mess up. They have to be right on cue, right? Because you can't it, push pause. It's going to be, it, you're going up when you're going up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, they're really a passenger on, on a ride, yeah. but they have to, but they have to make it believable that they're guiding it, that they're, they're the ones initiating those movements. Well, before we go any further, it's the website is theflyguy.com. Check out the opening video on there. It shows you Peter Pan. It shows you the mermaid. It shows you Mary Poppins. It shows you all those other plays. And like I said, the mermaid, it just, it adds a whole nother level. I'm not expecting flying in a, in a under the water thing. You're not, but you've taken flying and made it look beautiful. Like she's just moving through the water, dude. It is. It's breathtaking. It's, it's amazing. And thank you. We're thank not, you, we're not, we're theater people. We love going to shows and things, but we're not the, what is it? We don't, we don't have that expertise, I guess. No, but we don't go. We don't go know. to see Wicked in in oh, New York, and we oh. don't go see Broadway shows. So, us we go, we go see shows, but we just don't go to Broadway all the time and things like that. So right. seeing that is just it's outside of our wheelhouse, and we're like, whoa, what you did with that was just so beautiful, man. I mean, beautiful is the only thing I can think of yeah. to describe it. Amazing. The yeah. way she's pumping her legs as she's levitating, it yeah. looks like she's swimming through the water. Now, do you help them Thanks. choreograph their moves as well? Oh, that, well, that's what I do. No, I, I, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm, my title is actually flying slash aerial choreographer. Oh, okay, um, okay. But it depends okay. on what show I'm doing because I can't, I can't call myself an aerial choreographer for Little Mermaid because people will think, oh, so you, all you do is choreograph aerial stuff. Aerial. Because oh, aerial. 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 Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 I choreograph. So I, to start out, um, I envision what I want those the flight sequences to look like. And then I find a vendor who can give me the equipment that can achieve those sequences. And then I work with the actor in, in, in choreography, in choreographing all of the movements to make it look natural and seamless and fluid. Have you ever run into an actor that got scared to go up? Uh, there were a couple. Yeah. Um, I, I remember doing a production, it was a, a, a regional production of Peter Pan and um, the kid that was playing Michael, uh, you know how they're, they're so anxious and ready to do it and like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then when I hooked them up, I usually hold their hands right before they go up so I can feel how nervous they are. Uh -huh. his, hand, his hands were like really sweaty and clammy and I knew Aww. he was not comfortable with it. So I said, are you ready for this? And he shook his head, so he looked all right. I said, so I took him up a little bit and I look in their eyes, I make the contact and he seemed fine. So we took him up a little bit more and I asked if he was okay. He said, yeah, he was okay. So we took him up about maybe eight feet. And at that point I saw his stomach start to buckle. Uh -huh. 
Uh-oh. And I took a step back and his lunch went all over the producer's shoes. Oh, oh my gosh. Poor yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh. But af- after that, I had a couple of sessions with him with nobody around. Mm-hmm. And I had him flying across the stage like Peter Pan. It was it was incredible. Awesome. So yeah. are you watching? Uh, all right. So Ariel is programmed. The under the water thing in, in Japan, I think you said. Mm-hmm. That's that's all programmed. Are you usually at the control board moving things on your own, or is it always programmed nowadays? Um, it depends on the level of production um, and, and budget. Because obviously when, when you do something um, on a higher level that needs to be duplicated exactly the same way every time, then we, all, we try and make it automated. Um, yeah. If, if we had to have a little bit of freedom or we can have some freedom, we uh, it, manual, because manual, it, the, the flights are gonna look a little bit smoother. Uh, okay. For example, I'm, I'm doing um, a flying sequence for uh, the American Film Institute next week. Uh, it's Julie Andrews Lifetime Achievement Award. And I'm gonna fly wow. a Mary Poppins character over the audience. And for that, we're making it automated so it can be exact the same way every time. Uh, during rehearsals, and they can dial it in so the cameras know exactly where she's going to be, how long it's going to take, so we know the duration of the flight and where she will be at every single moment of that of that sequence, so the cameras can pick her up wherever she's going to be. Well, so that definitely helps if it's if it's televised too, because the camera guy needs to know where to look. You don't want to miss it as she flies by, you know. Exactly, exactly. So and, is and that is that something general public can see? Uh, yes, it, it will air on TV. Um, the event is on June 9th, but I'm not sure if that's when it's going to air. I haven't gotten the air date yet. Okay, cool. That is so awesome. We'll have to keep an eye out. I want to see it. I'll, I will definitely let you know when, uh, cause I'll, I get there on Friday. So I'll know on Friday when, when it'll oh, air. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let us know. Plus Wes can post it on this too. So what I have, I have a Facebook group for our podcast. It's Wes Isley's Magic Life Podcast Facebook group. And I'll put your episode up when it airs. And then I'm going to put all your uh, links to Instagram, your website, TikTok on there. And then if you want to go on there, anything you have promoting, uh, feel free to go on there forever and just go to your page and you'll have your own episode. And you can just comment in the comments there and people can check on it. And it'll bring yeah. it right back up to the top of the page every time. you. Oh, that's it. awesome. Put all your new Thank stuff you. up. Yeah. 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 So anything oh, yeah. you had to promote, that's. It's keeping you in the family, man. Once you become uh, one of our friends, you're part of the family. We keep you that way. So I appreciate that. That's really sweet. So uh, what's your most complicated request? I guess it depends on what year they asked, huh? Uh, yes, that's true. Are you, are you talking show-wise or, or, or technology-wise? Boy, I was thinking just flying in general-wise. I, I, I want this or we want uh, your, your wicked thing. We had 20 flying monkeys instead of just one actor on stage. So, I mean... What is, what's more difficult? What's the most challenging thing? What's the first thing that uh, comes to your mind? Because I know that's, that's a loaded question, 20 different ways to go with it. <laughs> well, actually, I, I have two answers to that. Um, one, I did uh, a, a thing called a human castle in Barcelona. And you know, where you have like a group of people as a base and then a bunch of people climb on their shoulders and then a bunch on their shoulders, so on mm-hmm. and so on until, and then one person climbs to the very top and then you have a human castle. Mm-hmm. Well. Well, it was this, uh, the celebration anniversary for one of these cities, one of these towns in Barcelona. So they wanted to do a human castle, but they wanted to fly the whole castle. So oh we wound God. up building a frame. And in the middle of an intersection in the city, we lifted up this crane with people hanging from it. And from one of the building tops, we had someone fly from the rooftop over to the bottom of the castle, climbed up the top stood on the top and then fireworks went off and then she flew did backflips to the other side of the intersection to land on another rooftop wow that was, that was a challenge uh, it sounds like it <laughs> but everybody every I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to work it out in my head all right so if there's 51 people and that one lady has a separate rigging is everybody else just hooked up to one rigging or Correct. they all have separate no, everyone was connected to one rig. Okay, and then... okay. They're not all coming in from different directions and have to make the pyramid. Then you have that other lady because that would have been way crazier. Okay. 
Right, but but the the rig that we had was it, it was condensed. So when we lifted it up, everybody just started spreading out and swinging towards each other. So they were all hanging, um, creating this 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 castle, and then then that one performer you know flew over. So yeah, so there were there were two different rigs, but the way it was choreographed, you couldn't tell because one group of people lifted up and then another group of people lifted up underneath them and another group lifted up underneath them, so on and so forth. Is there video of that? Um, I know I have pictures. I'd have to look and see if I have video because I was, I was in the thick of it and I wasn't able to actually record it, but I, I'm sure that. it's gotta yeah. be, it's gotta be somewhere. Somebody had to have a camera at that point. GoPro in um, your forehead, man. That way you're working you and you can still record. We made That's a car up here. We made a car up here for a lady and gave it to her as a charity. And um, my little girl wanted to help videotape. And we just put a GoPro on her forehead because we knew she was looking in the right direction. But it's a little kid. So if I give a little kid, I mean, she was five at that point, something like yeah, that, six. Like that. You can't give her a camera. It's going to be shaking all over the place. But on her forehead, it was great footage. Yeah. <laughs> it turned That's out great. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Anyway, so we got the mermaid. We got the most complicated. Uh, oh, what actually, else? there was there was another the other the second complicated one. Um, do you know who Franco Dragon is? Uh, he's part of uh, Cirque, right? He, well, he was. He was their artistic director. Okay. Um, yes. And then and then he left, and then he started producing and directing his own version of Cirque shows. Okay. And I I was his creative flying director for a production in Dubai that the show was called The Pearl. And um, they told me that they wanted as many people in the air as possible for this aerial ballet sequence. So I choreographed it. And at one point I had 18 people in the air. Nine people were on wires and then nine people were doing uh, aerial acrobatics with them while they were hanging in the air. So that was, that was another challenge. How many people do you have the, in the floating in the flying monkeys with the uh, wizard of with, with the wicked performance? Because uh, that wicked, was like were, a lot. Well, the the sequence that's on the video, there's only four. So is there like a video projector in the back? It's hard to see on a video. Is it a video projector in the back showing other people flying, or I I think it's just a lighting effect. I don't think it's actually monkeys. Oh, okay. So just shadows. Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. Wow. It's hard on a video, man. It's hard to take it all in. Oh, no, My... no, I know. I know, because I, I, I watch it, too, and I'm like, I didn't have that many in there, did I? <laughs> uh, but the, but uh, Ken Posner, the lighting designer, did a, a brilliant job with that, with the show. Uh, I have a magician friend, uh, Franz Ferrari, and he made a, a you know, a Lamborghini appear in, in Dubai. What was it? Dubai? Macau. Macau. <laughs> and um, okay. all this pyrotechnics take off on the stage, but then he's got an LED screen behind it. And he's like, you know, trying to get the logistics of the fire of the LED screen to match the fire of the pyrotechnics to make it all look like one blaze. Because when I first saw it, I'm like, whoa, that's all on TV. No, that's real. That's TV. It blends together and it's hard on television to see. But he says in real life, it looks just as good. So those flying oh, monkeys awesome. in the background. Yeah. Seeing them like that. Yeah, that's neat. That's really cool. So, uh. Tell me, tell me your early beginnings of this. So we, we got high school and you went and studied. Well, did you guys do flying stuff in, in your high school? It's funny enough. No, we didn't. Okay. Well, I shouldn't say I'm funny. Sadly, we didn't. Yeah. yeah, no. I was just curious because you sound like you went to a really cool high school and maybe they did that stuff too. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Wes. I, go ahead. I just wanted to know. I, I wish, no, I wish, I really wish they did. I, I should ask my drama teacher, uh, Bob, why, why didn't we do that? Yeah, right. As, you know, it could have been, you know, budget or the, the company. Um, I let me let me step back and answer your question, then I'll lead back into this. Uh, I started out as uh, as a magician. My oh, aunt, cool. at, when I was eight, seven or eight, bought me one of those magic kits. You know, the fifty or a hundred tricks in one box with a hat and a rabbit. And you you just became so much cooler, man. Keep going. I, <laughs> <laughs> and I. Um, uh, I loved it. I, I loved fooling my friends and, and, you know, doing the tricks. And my dad, who he, he by no means was a magician, but he knew a couple of card tricks. So he became my, my challenge. And I could not do a trick in, to anybody unless I did it to him. And he said I passed. 
And I would practice and practice and practice for days and days before I even showed him a trick. And when I would show him the trick, my hands are shaking and I'm sweating and I'm like, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, it's only my father, but I can't do anything until I show him and he has to give me the approval. You know, if I can fool him, then I've done my job. Right. Um, so I got to the point where I, I love doing the, the magic and I was um, doing prof shows professionally. Now, by professional, I don't mean I was standing on a stage, you know, uh, at AGT performing. I was doing, you know, shows for like the fire department and, and, and such. And you're getting, getting paid, paid for, for it. it. You're professional. I was, yep, there you I was go. getting paid for it. So, and that's how, that's where I get my professional uh, title from. Uh, as long as you're getting paid for it, you are a professional. Um, and I did that and I enjoyed doing that so much. I, I enjoyed the performance part of it. I looked into becoming an actor. So I tried acting when I was in high school and I was doing some regional theater and uh, really, really enjoyed it. So when I went to college, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do performance or tech because I also thought of, you know, the, the, the magic is more of a technical part of it because you have to design and build and put stuff together. So I was like, okay, let me try tech and let me try performance, whichever one I like better. That's, that's the route I'll go. And a friend of mine was the secretary for a company who worked for, uh, that specialized in flying. And this was in Vegas. And uh, they were looking for a young college kid to fix equipment when it came back broken and, you know, sweep up the shop and keep it clean. And I'm like, yeah, I, I could do that. Sure. And I met with the owner and he was more interested, more impressed with my theatrical background and the fact that I was a magician and an actor and a technician and all this. He goes, you'd be better suited going on the road choreographing flying sequences. Is that something you're interested in? I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could do that. Um, so I became his, his protege. Um, and this is the guy that taught Mary Martin how to fly for Peter Pan, taught Sally okay. Field how to fly for the Flying Nun, and many, many, many others. So he was my mentor for about eight years, and then I moved on and started my own company. That is so and cool. And here we are. So, That's awesome. Well, I, I, there were, there were I, mean, I guess, 20 years between here we are and leaving that company, but. <laughs> All right, so you leave the company. What was the first gig you got on your own? The first gig I got on my own was a production of Aladdin in Northern California. Well, actually, I, I'm, I'm skipping a part. Sorry. I left that company and started in not the com not the Fly Guy Productions, but another company, and I and I was a partner of that company for for nine years, and ran that company. And then in two thousand four, I sold my shares back to my partners and went out on my own and just became total freelance. So this way, I, at this point, I'm not supplying the equipment; I'm I'm acquiring the equipment. Which, okay. which you don't have the warehouse space. You don't have. Now, um, how many employees do you have under you? Is it just you out there doing it all? Uh, I have um, currently eight people that work for me, but they're not full time. They're okay. they're they're freelanced. So whenever I need them, like if I need uh, someone to assist me with aerial, I call somebody. If I need assistance with operation, I call somebody else. If I need someone uh, assistance for uh, flight choreography, I'll call someone else. So it depends on what I need on who I'll, who I'll hire. But I have a, a crew of about eight that I pick from. So how many shows can you do at one time? Um, or do you get, are, are you concentrating on getting one up and running at a time? And then once that one's smooth and running, then you can start on another while you're still kind of overlooking this one. It, yes, it, it's, it's the set. But yes, it, it's the latter. I, I like to okay. have... Uh, my hands in it, it involved with, with the productions as much as possible. But there are times where two or three are piggybacking right on top of them. So what I'll do is I'll go in and I'll start it and then I'll leave it with an associate. I'll go to the next one. Then I'll jump back to the first one and then I'll go to the third one and I'll start that one and I'll leave an associate with the other two. So this way, everybody is, uh, everybody's happy in all of the productions and I'm, I'm overseeing them all. Yeah. But I, I leave them in good hands. So, because I know yeah. that my associates know exactly what I want, how I like it, um, and and we work well together like that. How hard is the scheduling? Because I mean, uh, 
we we planned to start rehearsing next week, but funds fell through and our backers fell through and we we lost our spot and things like that. Does that happen or these big venues? It's all million dollar oh. productions. It's easier. No, that happens all the time. That's um, what I was thinking. I I was slated to work on a a show uh, with Jason Alexander as the director, and uh, it was the War of the Roses. Who's and also a magician. To, who's also a magician, correct? Yeah. Uh, he actually uh, volunteered to be my sponsor when I applied for the uh, Magic Castle, which, which was which was awesome. But I, I I felt bad because I like, dude, I can have Jason Alexander as my sponsor, but I already had one, so I was like, oh, I feel really bad. Um, uh-huh. But uh, it was um, a production up in Algonquin, Algonquin Playhouse, and it was supposed to happen right before the pandemic. It was in the, it was August of, of, I guess it was 20. And when March, when everything started closing down, they're like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to have it? When, so they, they, they said, yes, we're still going on. We're still going on. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And then they said, okay, we're just going to delay it. And they delayed it for a while. And then it got to the point where we can't, we can't postpone this anymore because there's other shows that are already in those slots. So we lost out on it. But Aww. it was supposed to be a really, a really fun show. So is he just moving on a, a different uh, something else on his schedule or is it just on the back burner? Or? Well, we'd like to think it's, it's on done. the back burner. Okay. It, it, no, no one ever said it, it's, it's finished. Okay. But no one, no, nobody's saying keep these dates open. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it on my calendar in, in hopes that it, some, somebody's going to say, yes, okay, let's, let's do it on this date. Yeah. So darn what, pandemic. So yeah, the darn pandemic. Negative time here. Yeah. I, I'm not a negative person, but what the heck did you do during the pandemic, man? Two years of twiddling your thumbs. Uh, I want to tell you that I learned how to speak fluent Japanese. I learned how to play the piano and bake bread. <laughs> but none of that happened. Right. I I became very proficient at Netflix and Hulu, um, and video games. Wow. <laughs> there you go. What was your video game of choice? Uh, Zelda. The uh, right. Awakening. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I, my daughter and I like to play uh, like either role playing games or um, like adventure games or uh, like escape room games. So we play a lot oh, of video cool. escape rooms. How old is your daughter? Uh, 13. Nice. That's awesome that you guys yeah. have that in common. Does she get to go with you on any of these trips and excursions? Uh, they they would, depending upon the location. So they, they would come and visit me if it was a nice place. So uh, they would they, they came to see me when I was in Atlanta, uh, Philadelphia. I don't know why they picked Branson when I was in Branson, but they decided to come visit me in Branson. Um, so yes, they they, they do come uh, d- depending upon where it is. But it was great because when they did visit in Branson, we were doing Peter Pan with Kathy Rigby, and my daughter was 18 months old and I got to fly her for the first time. So after one of the shows, I put her in a harness and strapped her in and hooked her up and Kathy was there and we lifted her up and Kathy threw the fairy dust on her and swung her about the stage and she she had a a great time and uh, she loved it. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. Now you got pictures of that. I hope. I hope you got video of that. I have, I do. I have pictures and video. That is awesome. So don't mention any names because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But have you worked with any magicians? Uh, uh, yes, I have. Awesome. Awesome. We have to talk off the air. <laughs> There's <laughs> yes, some that yes, are great. There's some that uh, are horrible. Some, <laughs> some, some, they're, they're, I wouldn't say horrible. They're a handful. Working uh, with magicians, as you know, it, it, they're, they're a different breed. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, some, my, and, that's funny. Our yeah, first at one point, I, I was thinking. Oh no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, it's so funny that everybody you talk to about magicians that they they have pretty much have that same answer. <laughs> They're interesting. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Our first magic convention I ever took my wife to. Some guy walked up to her and just looked her up head head to toe, and then went back up to her head and uh, said. Uh, are you with him? And I was walking over to a booth to go shopping. And she's like, yeah. Does he ever rent you out to other magicians? 
And she's like, Wes? Yeah. Wes? <laughs> no, and I gotta go. <laughs> and then the same convention, some guy's walking around with a sponge on his ear that's bigger than the, my hand open. And it was just a carved uh, tooth molar. And it was his Bluetooth that he attached to his ear. And he just oh, thought that man. was hilarious. He just walking around the whole convention hall for the entire weekend with his Bluetooth oh, in his ear. And it's like... It takes a special kind to be a magician, apparently. <laughs> yes, yeah, that is very true. I, but anyway. I remember my first, my first uh, magic convention um, was a Tannins convention up in the Catskills. Oh, wow. Way, Never way been. back when. It was, it was a blast. And this was the year that uh, David Copperfield was the Magician of the Year. So, they, they so what year are we talking? Uh, 19... <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, uh, it was a while ago. Well, I know not... that he, I know that, like, before his first special, he did tannins up there and just set it on fire. I mean, everybody just said, who is this kid? And he just blew everybody away. But I don't know what year he became magician of the year. I don't know. I, I... I want to say that it might have been 82, 83. Well, that was the year that he blew everybody away. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you were you so were there at saying. that year. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, I actually have pictures of him, uh, which is kind of cool because I get to see the, the way he was then and the way he is now. That's so awesome, man. Yeah. So uh, – you also got to work with Kevin James. Was that a was that a television show or was that a, a movie sequence? No, it was a, a television show. It was for his his show Kevin Can Wait. Okay. Um, we I actually did two different sequences with him. One where he uh, swung back and forth in a warehouse on a on a a chain, like a like a um, a block and fall type of of, of deal. And then he gets caught by the criminals and they hang him upside down from it. So he does a whole scene, like a whole two minute scene hanging upside down. Um, oh. And then the other sequence, uh, the other sh episode was where he jumps over a, a billboard and he repels down and he swings back and forth trying to spray paint over an ad to cover it up. Um, and I remember right before we were gonna shoot that one, he looks at me, he goes, do I really have to do this? And I'm like, well, well, yeah, it's it's in the script. He goes, I, I really don't feel comfortable. I don't I don't like this. I, I don't like heights. I'm like, Kevin, you Aww. wrote it in the script. You you, you <laughs> approved it. I'm here because you wanted to be here. He goes, all right, all right, let's let's go, let's do this. Um, but he's the he is so professional. Every time I would work with him, every sequence we did, one take, never took more than one take. Wow. I've only yeah. heard good things about Kevin James. He's he's fantastic. He's so easy to work with. Um, very professional, really funny, um, and uh, very approachable. That's awesome. So as far as the, the touring shows and the static one location shoots, I mean, the, the static shows have to be a thousand times easier, correct? Oh, yeah, um, no, it's it's usually different rigging. Like if it for a national tour, the equipment is built within a truss. So like when the show loads out, the equipment comes in and then they just fold the truss up and push it on the truck. So all of the cables and the ropes stay rigged. Whereas if it's a static or, a, you know, a, a one time event, uh, we just put a track up and string it. And then when the show is over, we cut it, take it down, cut the cables disassemble everything, put it back in a box and send it back to the vendor. That is amazing. So they don't, they don't keep it on hand. They, they just rent it. Exactly. They rent it. Like when we were on tour for pan, uh, we had, sometimes we had a really tough schedule. So we would load in like either at six or 8 AM on a Tuesday, do a show, a, a load in six, six to six or 8 AM Tuesday morning, up until about four or five o'clock, then we would have the sound check, fly rehearsal, fight rehearsal. We would do a show at seven, and then we would do two shows on Wednesday, a show on Thursday, a show on Friday, two Saturday, two Sunday, 
we would load out Sunday night, travel to the next city on Monday, and depending upon how, how intricate or tough the load-in was going to be, we would either start a load-in on Monday night and finish it on Tuesday, or, you know, fortunately, might, we might even have a, a Monday night off, and then start all over again on Tuesday. And then we would just, every week, the same, the same sequence over and over again. Do you make sure you're there personally for the traveling shows or do you sometimes send out of out one of your employees on those? It depends on the show and who is actually flying. For, okay. for, for Kathy Rigby's Peter Pan, they requested that I actually toured with the show. So okay. I actually went on tour with them. Uh, but I have done shows where I would leave an associate there and, and they would take care of it. So I would do all the choreography and set it up. And I might travel to the first or second uh, cities after they open. And then I would leave just so I would, I would make sure that the load in goes correctly. And then the, the, um, the flying rehearsals before the show would, would go well. And then after I see it for, you know, two different ways or two different venues, then I'll leave and say, okay, you guys got this. Cool. So with your, with your, um, I know I'm, Sorry, sorry, Paul. So I'm looking at your website, and then she just pointed over here to another question. Yeah, I wish but I, I had that question. I had a question. Go ahead. Ask your first you question. also had, so not only just making people fly and ferries and the Aladdin rigging, is that you're floating the the carpet? Is the carpet, I don't know, are you allowed to say, is the carpet hooked to them? I only saw the video. And Are they both uh, on rigs and they're holding the carpet? Are you allowed to say how that works? Oh, I, yeah, I can say. Um, uh, the way this one is rigged is there's uh, the wires are supporting the carpet and then they're attached to the carpet so they can't fall off the carpet. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That looked but, really but, neat. I hadn't seen that before. Now uh, done entirely different. Uh, Jim Steinmeier, as, as you, I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. um, he did the, um, the flying carpet for Aladdin on Broadway. Uh, entirely different process. And I'm I'm impressed by how he did it. So, all right. So I'm watching Aladdin, and I don't know the play. I've never seen the play of it. They're walking on stage, and they just bend over, and as they're talking, they clip in, or does the scene open and they're clipped in on the carpet? Uh, it happens two different ways. Um, in in my production, they. Um, there was a, a video projection or a video of them flying in the background. And, and then they make a turn. And as they're coming towards the audience, there's a, a billow of smoke. And then the carpet actually comes right through the smoke and flies out over the audience. Jeez, that is so uh, awesome. So, so magical, so beautiful. That's awesome. But, yeah, but the timing has to be right. Because if, if, if the live actors are not synced with the video, then it doesn't look like they came from nowhere. It looks like, oh, this is two pieces that they just, it just didn't fit. Mm. But the, the guys in Cairo, they nailed it every night. That's awesome. So the, the flying rig has to be the first thing set up, correct? Before you bring in the scenery, before you bring in anything else? But usually, yes, because ours has to go above everything. Right, right. Yeah. All right, so the question Natalie really wants to know the question to answer to. Because I know he didn't work on it because otherwise it, it well, wouldn't have happened. But I want to know if he I don't knows know if you deal. know the answer to this. You see this, right. how I marked it here? Yeah. I put stars around it. I said, I don't know if you know the answer. If you can't talk about it, you can't talk about it. So well, feel free to shoot us inquiring down. Inquiring minds want to know if you know. <laughs> what the heck was the deal with the Spider-Man play a few years back where people were getting hurt and it was a, just a total mess every night? Somebody else was getting hurt. People in the audience were getting hurt. It was just a mess. What, what was the deal with that? Um, well, first, let me let me start by saying you are correct. I was not involved with that show. There you yep. go. All right. I, 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 nothing I to told you. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I, I actually did a touring production of, of Spider-Man. It was called Spider-Man Live. And it was the actual movie put on stage. Oh, and it was wow. a national tour. And it, actually, and it played Madison Square Garden as one of the, not Madison Square Garden, Radio City Music Hall is one of its stops. Wow. Um, but it was, it was literally, I, wanted, I don't want to say literally, but it was almost the movie put on stage, which was That's great, really cool. Know? Yeah. Um, but. I could see the upside yes. down kiss. Yeah. Dude, that could be I, so I, much fun. I had that in there. And I also wow. had um, 
I had uh, Spider-Man and, um, oh, now I can't even think of his name. Um, Are you uh, talking about the villain? Do you need a villain? Yes. Was yes. it Green, green uh, Lantern? Go the Green, green Goblin. Green Goblin, The Green yeah. Goblin. Uh, I had uh, Spider-Man and the Green Goblin fighting in air while he was on his his um, flyer. Machine, that little flyer machine. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's got to be scary I, to be on that flying machine. And I had them zip, zipping back and up. forth on, on stage, yeah. Well, hold on one second. I imagine that being like tied in like snowshoes, though. So Is that not, how that works? He's not tied not in like jet propelled. <laughs> I know, but, was... they, but still, but still, he's standing up on a platform type thing. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe he's still tied at the waist or something. All right, Paul, I don't know. It was. Tell us. It was <laughs> okay. So the Green Goblin was attached to wires at his hips. Okay. And then from from said hips, another wire went down and attached to the to the machine. Oh, okay. Okay. But but his That's feet were strapped in, so he was able to pick up his feet and and kick it and move it into into different directions. That's awesome. Dude, okay, sorry. I want to see we, this. I want to see video of that too. Do we interrupted you talking about about the Spider-Man show. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> so I do. Uh, I have another uh, another an older splash video that has clips of that. I'll I'll send you the link to that. Oh, cool. Yeah. So there's there's some clips of of the the old Spider-Man show on there. That'd be awesome. He's going to send it to you. Well, it's on it's it's on my YouTube channel. Okay. Um, Tell us what that is, and I'll and I'll link that on our, our Facebook group. I, I, the only way I know how to get to it is by typing Paul Rubin, the Fly Guy, and then Awesome. So so do you know what happened to the Spider Man on on Broadway, or what's your best yeah. guess? <laughs> yes. Um. Well. What happened was is that for one they were they were pushing pushing the pushing the limits of what the equipment can do for one oh, um, okay. flying flying at speeds that I I I think are very dramatic. I mm -hmm. mean some of those flying sequences were were quite impressive. I, I would I, I went to see the show after they I guess it was Spider Man two point um, when Phil McKinley took over as the director, and I, I, w I was impressed. A lot of it was was just amazing flying sequences, but the guy who did the flight choreography for it was a film person. So he did all of the flying for Spider-Man, the movie. Mm -hmm. When those sequences, like when you're done doing a film, it's in the can, you move on. The one thing I don't think they took into consideration was the different heights of the different performers. So once it's programmed, and let's say you're programming it for someone who's five, six, they're gonna land and then they're gonna land perfectly. Now you put in a 5'11 size person and they're gonna land at the speed of a 5'6 would. So they're gonna come in a little bit faster. Mm. And, and when that happens, the body you know, doesn't have time to react and that's when you, you break ankles or you break, break uh, wrists and, and so on and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> but did people get thrown into the audience too, correct? I mean, audience members got hurt, right? Am I remembering that right? Uh, no, somebody fell into the pit. Oh. Uh. One, one of the actors uh, was supposed to lean over the edge of the pit and make it look like he was jumping in, but mm -hmm. it was supposed to go to a blackout at that point, but he was not tethered. <gasps> so, so his tether line was not connected to where it was supposed to be, so he wasn't locked off. And he actually leaned forward and hoping that the tether would, would hold his weight, he reached way too far and he fell into the pit. Ah, oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All right. So he was, the, he was in the hospital for a while, but then he made he went back into the show. Wow. But that show, like it started, it stopped, it started, it stopped. Then they did the 2.0 and that now it, that's gone, correct? Yes, it's it's gone. They yeah. they, they lost more money than than more shows combined. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Aw. Wow. That's kind of sad. It was because it had such great potential. I mean, with with uh, uh, Bono and and The Edge writing some of the music, it was just. I mean, the music was great. It just it it reminded me of a show that I did called Dance of the Vampires, where it was just confused. Nobody knew if they were supposed to be happy or sad or excited or uh, if, they, if they should laugh or they should cry. They were on like an emotional roller coaster. Mm. When you and say that, the I actors or the audience? The audience, the audience. Wow. wow. Um, yeah, that's hard. I mean, they, the director can tell the cast, but if the audience isn't picking up on it, I mean, 
still director's fault. Right. Well, the, the show, uh, Dance of the Vampires, is um, a musical from the Fearless Vampire Killers, a Roman Polanski movie, and has been running for over 20, uh, it's got to be over almost 25 years in, in Europe. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's very successful there. One of the problem, I shouldn't say problem, we are more associated with some of the music because it's Jim Steinman's music. So mm -hmm. act two opens with Total Eclipse of the Heart. Mm. In Europe, people love the song and it's not overplayed and it's, it wasn't like the huge hit that it was here. So when they hear it, it's, it works. Here, when it opens, everybody giggles. Oh. Because you don't expect to hear Total Eclipse of the Heart as an act two opening number. Aw. Well, I have a question for you. Um, you had said something about the speed of the flying. So how fast can you go? What is the fastest it, somebody can fly? Um, Just out of curiosity. Because he was saying depends. the speeds were messing up in, in Spider-Man. They were going too fast. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. well, right. how, but it, it how all depends. It all fast? depends on, on where you are, how high okay. you are, and how wide you are. Not okay. wide as a person, but how, what, what your what right. your length of travel is. Okay. The further or the longer the distance of travel, the faster you can go because okay. you can have time to, to decel or, or stop. Right. Whereas if you're a shorter distance, you can't, there's no place to stop. Yeah. Um, we, while I had a manual system, uh, one of the stops that we were on for Pan, one of my operator's brothers was a cop. So in between shows on Saturday, a Saturday, he came in with his, his gun and he shot Kathy to see how fast she was going. And he clocked her at 21 miles an hour. Oh, wow. That's fast. Yeah. And that's, and that's on a manual system. So once you're automated, you can double or triple that. Oh, dear God. That was... Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's just flying her into the wings, right? I mean, there's, you're not going to stop it because then her momentum makes her jerk and... Well, no, that's, that's okay. actually, that's, that's causing, I, I put her into a, a very uh, fast pendulum. So I would crack, I would crank her to, you know, stage right. And then as she's swinging stage right, I would start her travel stage left. So she would be yanking in the opposite direction. Okay. So, so every pass I'm, I'm accelerating her, her speed. Wow. Um, yeah. You but wouldn't you be to able know... to do that, Wes. You would get, you would get sick, I think, motion sickness. We're planning a trip. We're planning a trip to like Bush Gardens or King's Dominion, and I'm not afraid of these roller coasters and all these rides. I'm not afraid of them. It's just my body can't handle it, so I have to take Dramamine. But Dramamine, yeah. But here's the thing, though. This is programmed, and I know what to expect. These roller coasters, you, you lean to the right, and then you turn to the left immediately. This is rehearsed over and over and over, and I can anticipate it better. I so think. you think that would help? I think it would. Oh, okay, okay. So, so that means you have to go on the roller coaster numerous times to, to rehearse it before you can actually right. enjoy it. There you go. There you go. But there you go. But the problem is, <laughs> the problem is, Dramamine for that first ride turns you into a zombie, and then my wife's looking at me. She said, "You having fun? Yeah." Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know, tell your tell your face. All I right, know. He's just got like this this. Plain face, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, it's Drama great. makes you want to go to so sleep. So song. then you're riding the ride, you're like, Wee. yeah, you're like, we, <laughs> we. <laughs> so I'm dude, over there screaming, ah, he's like, we. <laughs> I got another stupid story for you. So as a kid, I used to go to my grandmother's house. She was watch me, and um, the commercial for Mary Poppins would come on TV all the time. And as a kid, we didn't have umbrellas at my house growing up, but my grandmother had one. She didn't want to mess up her bouffant hair. <laughs> and also my grandmother was at an apartment building so she had those big industrial trash cans that you could dumpsters dumpsters yeah. yes sir that you could climb on as a kid so i grabbed her umbrella and i'm gonna be mary poppins but dude i tested it paul i tested it you could think i'm stupid but i tested i pulled and i felt the resistance and i'm like well that's not <laughs> i've never seen the movie i've never seen mary poppins until my daughter was like six years old. Yeah, so, that new one came out, yeah. So as a kid, I'm like, I can feel the resistance. I just need to jump off something higher. I, I can't. <laughs> so I climbed on top of that trash can. Man, the earth came at me so quick. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> and then my daughter, when she was like six, Mary Poppins, that new one came out. She's like, can we go see it? Honey, I don't want to see that. That thing is stupid. 
I'm blaming Mary Poppins for my stupidity. Uh, yeah, the umbrella trick doesn't work. No, I think every kid tries to fly. I remember watching Peter Pan as a kid, and I'd stand up, but it wasn't as high as a dumpster, but I'd get up on the, you know, the fireplace thing, and I'd jump off of it. I'm like, I believe, I believe, I believe. Darn it. And <laughs> that's a Peter Pan thing, That's though. a Peter Pan thing, yeah. See, I'm a big believe. Superman fan, but never did I ever try. I dreamt about it, but never tried to fly. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. I could feel the resistance. I was like a, I was a scientist. And, I already tested my theory. And at Peter Pan, you just couldn't believe. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't have any Tinkerbell, you know, dust. You didn't have any fairy so, dust. I didn't have any fairy dust, so I, I figured that was the reason. I needed some fairy well, dust. So here's here's a fun fact: when Peter Pan was originally written, there wasn't any fairy dust. They had to add the fairy dust because kids were trying to fly and getting hurt. Oh. And they had to add that, that you need to have the fairy dust have to fly. Wow. Yeah, I still tried. Not from a high... Not, I wasn't brave enough to try off the dumpster, though. I just, you know, so, a foot and a half off the ground from the fireplace. <laughs> so in the original books of Peter Pan, there's no fairy dust? <clears throat> uh, well, the, the, the play the came script, out first. The play? play? Okay. okay. Yeah, the, what, yeah the, play, the play came out first. And the original, when, when it first premiered in 1904... They did not talk about fairy dust, but they had to add it later on. So then they did add it into the script. Wow. wow. That's funny. Go figure. All, wow. us, all us dumb kids, they got to add fairy dust in there so we don't kill ourselves. <laughs> Little West. Exactly. Yeah. Little <laughs> so I also and have. I, I don't a... know if it's true or not, but I think there was some kind of disclaimer on, on the TV show Superman when it first started about flying. It wouldn't um, surprise me. Well, I know, I know. George Reeves was at a signing, like he was, he was making an appearance somewhere, and some kid had grabbed his dad's gun and aimed it at him. He was wearing the suit. Oh, that that's supposedly a true story. Um, but he wanted to see the bullet bounce off of Superman. Oh, um, and you know, Superman, you know, immediately dropped character and just tried to talk talk to the kid because the guns aimed at him. Yeah. Um, so I think that's when they started, you know, kids jumping out of windows and all kinds of. Th- I've always heard things like that, but yeah, that's way before right. my time. That was my dad's generation. Mm-hmm. But Paul, I Did, also have another ditto. Facebook group. Um, of it's called Magicians. It's it's just the word magicians on a bookshelf, and I have seventeen thousand five hundred magicians from all over the world. If they want to hire you to create something amazing and beautiful and New and original, because I mean, you don't only go with Mary Poppins and different things. You you like new challenges as well, correct? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I look for those new challenges. I, I I like those. Those are the ones that get me me thinking. You know. Yeah. I, I like those. So they can just go to your website and just inquire there uh, to find out more information. Theflyguy.com. Yep, at theflyguy.com, there's a there's a link that I think it says contact me, and it'll take you to a. a a page where you can just send me a, a message and, and it'll email and I'll get it. Perfect. So yeah. Paul, here, I got one question before we start wrapping stuff up. We got like seven minutes left. I want, so in my show, I want to levitate. I want to create something beautiful, breathtaking. I need the tour with it. It can just be, it can just be, you know, up, down, left, right, whatever. And then I'm done. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes, you know, five minute routine. I need to tour with it, but I want to own it. I don't want to rent it. What would that cost me? Uh, and I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about, I'm just going to, you're going to tell me where to get the stuff. It, Any it, guesses? Yeah, that doesn't include it, you helping yeah. us figure it out. That's just the equipment. It, right. It, it varies. Okay. Um, we, we can talk offline about it because that's, that's another hour conversation. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. um, All right. okay. Because, because there's, as, as you know, as a magician, there's so many different variables um like yeah because you need it to be able to work in in multiple different locations yeah exactly so it's got to be designed to be able to be retrofitted into many different venues um but still be duplicated exactly the same way under the same um um uh the same arrangements under the same uh, my mind just blanked. That's okay. Night after uh, night. Uh, same, I'm sorry. Venues. The same condition. The same conditions. It has to be duplicated under the same conditions. So we have to just make sure that we can make that work. So 
whether it's a manual or manual motorized or manual automated, automated motorized or totally automated, you know, it, there's a whole spectrum of what, what it can and can't be. No, I'm just, so, I'm just clarifying that I get to be the one that levitated, right? Oh, yeah? Yeah. All I want right, right. to be the one having fun. <laughs> That's me. me. All right, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Paul, this was amazing, man. This is so cool. We got five minutes, man. Is there another story you want to tell me? A, a crazy road story? A funny road story? Uh, funny road story. Funny road story. Um. Putting him on the spot. I know, I know. I don't know if I don't know if I got with him. Okay, so um I was doing the the the, the show of the Pearl in the in Dubai with Franco Dragon. And when they hired me, they said, Okay, this is what we would like. We want you to create this aerial uh, ballet sequence for as many people in the air. Um, and we want it to be about seven minutes long. I said, Oh, okay, I could do that. Um, could you send me the music uh, so I can get an idea of how it's going to be styled? And they said, well, why don't you find music that inspires you? I said, okay, uh, can you give me an idea of, is it romantic? Is it theatrical? Is it comedic? What, what's the theme? They said, just find something that inspires you. I'm like, John Williams inspires me. I, I'm inspired by the theme of Jaws. So what, 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 am I talking the same language here? And, he, and they said, no, 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 um, just find something a little bit more theatrical. I said, okay, um, can you tell me, is it theatrical? Is it comedic? Is it romantic? They said, just tell a story. Golly, so, they're not giving you much to go off. Nothing at all. So I'm supposed to put all of these people in the air, as many as I can get, with uh, no lead to the music. So I, I said, is there a, a musical director? They haven't hired one yet. So they had no idea. So the music hadn't been written yet. So I think they haven't written it, the script either. This is just an outline. Right? <laughs> exactly. That, and I found out all they did was have an outline. They knew basically what the premise was, but there was no storyline. They, the way oh, Franco uh, directs is he builds the story with what he has. So he sees when he comes into the theater, he sees all of the toys and all of the elements and all of the actors and all of their abilities. And then he, it's like a recipe. He'll take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and he'll put it together and he creates the show. Wow. Um, so this, this guy told me, he says, uh, so we want to do some 2D flying and 3D flying. I don't, I don't know if you know the, that term or not, but like a, a 3D flight is kind of like a spider cam at a football game where you see the camera moving up and down and all around over the, over the, the players. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so instead of a camera, we would put a person on that. So they said, yeah, we want as many two and 3d flying as possible. So I said, okay, I, I can do that. So in the show, I had one 3d flight, three 2d flights and five pendulums. And at one point we're supposed to present our number to, to Franco. So it came my turn to present the number. And he said, so I, I heard a lot about you and I, I heard that you like doing two and 3D flying. I don't like them. I'm like, Aww. are you kidding me? In my head, I'm like, I was just set up to fail. This is, they, they told me they wanted it. And now he's telling me he doesn't like it. So he watched the show, the sequence, and he says, can we see that again? And I told the stage manager to set it up. They set it up again. He watched it. He turned to me and he says, you just proved to me that we need to have more two and three dot 3D flying in the show. Oh, nice. And and it was it was like I, I had sweat probably a gallon and a half watching it the second time, knowing that I'm packing my bags and going home. Oh, wow. 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 That's awesome That's that you turned him around. Yeah. So everybody, Paul is at Instagram, the fly guy NY. His website is theflyguy.com. TikTok, the fly guy NY, which you have a new follower right after we get off here, man. Dude. I, I thank you, man. This was this was really, really fun. It was. It was fun. It was really great. Thank you very much for the time. And um, I'm gonna check out the check out that Facebook group because I'm gonna put you on there Wednesday, right when it comes out, 3 p.m. It'll be up there, and feel free to chat. And we'll have. Right now, it's got 400 followers, but I get thousands of downloads each week. So eventually, it's gonna. We only started it a couple weeks ago, so it's growing. But um, uh, you keep so adding you to it, me... and it puts you right back up to the top of the list. I'll send you links to everything. Send me a link. That'd be great. Yeah, man. 
And I'm going to put your uh, video on that Facebook group for magicians as well. And I get 17,500 magicians all over the world. And hopefully they knew, they learn about a new fly guy that they can hire. That is awesome. I really appreciate that. Thank you Dude, so much. No problem, man. Hey, we're running out of time. We just want to say goodbye. Thank you so much. And see, see you, you next, next week. week. Thanks. Check us out online at WesIsley.com and Patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley. For behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I. -S -E